I'm Ivor Wolf. Welcome to another episode of Geek Skeezers Googleization, a show from the People Forward Network. And I'm Jason Cochran. Thank you for being part of Googleization Nation. If you think this is just another podcast, think again. We are the heart and soul of crucial conversations focused on helping you reimagine your tomorrow and exploring the convergence of technology, people, and work. On this episode, you are going to hear from Canada's leading recognition expert and founder of Greatness Magnified, Sarah McVannell. She's also a professional speaker, author, and affectionately called by her many followers as the Frog Lady. And we will certainly learn more about that in just a little bit. Sarah is going to help us answer two questions that many leaders seem to be asking right now. Why does recognition matter so much? And how is it different from total rewards or compensation? Ira, here's something I'll bet most of our listeners don't know. According to Gallup, the number one reason most people quit their jobs in 2021 was a lack of recognition or not feeling appreciated. And who they wanted appreciation and recognition from the most in the organization was their direct manager or supervisor. Jason, I don't know how long it's going to take for companies to recognize this. You know, as many people thought that they blame it on the pandemic, the last two years, uh, why people are quitting their jobs. 2021, we had a record 47 million people change their jobs, 26 million in only the last five months. And people are pointing fingers on a lot of different things, but it goes back to some basics. People just want to feel like their lives are meaningful, that they just don't want to pick up a paycheck anymore. And so we're really, really excited about having Sarah trying to help us unpack this today. It's pretty crazy of all the things going on out there. And and as I keep saying it, the curtain was just pulled back on all the bad practices that companies and businesses and organizations got away with it for so many years. Absolutely. And Sarah's going to help us unpack this together today and come away with some clear tips and strategies that we can give to leaders on how to make recognition a really pivotal piece of their retention strategy for how they can keep their talent and make their people feel great about the work that they're doing in the organization. And so real quickly, before we do get to Sarah, just want to read off her biography because it is so impressive. Her path, her journey, the things that she's accomplished and the things she's doing right now to help around the world to make recognition one of the key pillars of retention strategy. And so she helps leaders leverage the exponential power of recognition to retain top talent. As she jokes, it's the only lane that pulls together her Bachelor of Arts degree in psychology, her Master of Science degree in family relations, and then 20 years of practicing organizational development. And then on top of that, her certifications in human resources, organizational development, coaching, speaking, and healthcare administration. Holy moly. We're so happy to have her. She left her senior leadership role five years ago to launch her own boutique firm, Greatness Magnified. She's also authored several books, publications, peer-reviewed journals. She's a frequent vlogger. She loves tap dancing and then getting up to no good with her husband, Mark, and then her uh, teenage kids, Justin and Simone as well. And so without further ado, everyone, Googleization Nation, Let's bring on Sarah so we can learn from her today. Hey, everyone. Can't wait to geek out with you. This is awesome. Sarah, it's so good to have you. Let's just kick things off in terms of, you know, the speed dating version of how did you get to what you're doing and hanging your hat on becoming a recognition expert? 
Well, in organizational development, we would often be asked to come into those teams that were imploding. You know, the real fun, easy tasks where people have let these cultures slide and slide and slide and nobody quite knows what the problem is. Well, our team would go in and we would try to help really quickly. And what we learned was that the fastest way to build trust and satisfaction with leaders to your point around the Gallup study, because of course that's not new news, right? That people leave bosses, not necessarily organizations and roles. We realized very quickly that recognition was a foundational pillar to rebuilding or even just reconnecting to a sense of hope that we could uh, we could turn things around. And hands down, my friends, that's exactly what we found whenever there was recognition in the organization, whenever there was recognition in the team, whenever there was recognition within the individual contributor, then we had so much more levity and we could pull this team up so much faster. And we substantiated it with data later, but I'll tell you, boots on the ground, it's the fastest, easier thing you can do to improve your culture. That's incredible. And so you just explained a little bit of, of why recognition matters. One of the questions I'm often asked is, are there different types of recognition that different kinds of people like to be shown? Or is there kind of a general rule of, here's the kind of recognition you should be showing in your organization? Well, it's a, it's a great question. When we went to substantiate that data that I told you about that we had found through grounded theory research, I think is what Brene Brown would say, I would say just doing our job. We were able to substantiate that, that in fact, most people stay for, because it increases trust, it increases innovation and so forth. But what is it that actually leads to those bigger dynamics, those bigger metrics that we often evaluate in engagement surveys? And it's really simple. In fact, let me ask you gentlemen, what is the number one way you would want to be appreciated? If you could only pick one way for the rest of your career and from your family, from your clients, how would you want to be appreciated? I bet you any money is what the data shows. Well, I think it's pretty simple. I think you just want to be appreciated who you are, listened to. And, and maybe it just comes down to that somebody was listening and they acknowledged you. When I think about appreciation, it also makes me think of like the different love languages I can't remember the name of the book, but it makes me think about that. And I know for me, my primary driver is words. So people, you know, giving words of affirmation or just letting me know like, hey, I'm thinking of you. That does so much more for me than acts of service. For my wife, shout out to Rachel. Hers is acts of service. She would much rather be given like a note or a card or be surprised with something than to be given words of affirmation each day. I love it. I, lo I love how you did the shout out to your wife too. That's just living the spirit of recognition right here on the podcast. Um, so yeah, 95% of people say, simply tell me thank you, which we all can agree is free and we can all do it. There's no cost to entry to, to begin that. There's no approval required. So anybody can do it. 92% of people say, tell me specifically what I'm doing well. So Ira, to your point around, see what I'm contributing and acknowledge it. And uh, just like what your wife would like with the card, Jason, 88% of people say, write me a thank you note. And that's one of the things that I've been saying with people to people during the pandemic when they're struggling is go out and look at all of the acknowledgements that you've been receiving and perhaps even hoarding in a folder that you haven't looked at in a long time and read it because you may not even remember who the Sven character is and all of the ink is, you could barely even read it, but they're acknowledging your greatness in that moment. So that's the benefit of recognition as well as, as a resiliency strategy is 
it lives on beyond that one micro moment. It lives in our memory. We encode it more deeply when we have an emotional affect response to how we're acknowledged when it's surprising or when it's really heartfelt and meaningful. And also if it's written down or in an email that you save in your kudos folder, you can come back to it. So it's, it's such a fast and easy way to grow goodwill and make you the boss, best boss ever so that you're not one of the statistics that you read out earlier. So there's a million thoughts going through my head right now. And, and one of them goes to, it's just, you know, that email that how long would it take to send an email? And then I'm thinking about the responses I hear from other people. It's like, all I got was an email. They didn't tell me thank you. Well, and then the individual says, well, I told you thank you, or I sent that. What else do they want from me? And it's like, well, they could have done a written note or they could have shared that in person. So it still goes back to really understanding who the other person was. And again, for so long, everybody got away with it. I think this did more harm than good, although we all grew up with it, the golden rule. You know, we like to treat other people like we would like to be treated. And that's not right. Because if sending an email is enough for me, it doesn't mean it's the right thing for the other person. And you might have heard this. It's called the platinum rule. It's treat other people like they would like to be treated. And it was really, it just changes the whole thing. And it is harder because then it's like, well, how do I know? They don't, they're an introvert. They don't talk. They don't share that. They're really quiet or they're always shy. You, you recognize somebody, which probably is a whole other question we should go into, is you try to recognize some people and they don't want to take it. They're humble. They don't want to, they don't want to be the center of attention, but they do appreciate it. And it's understanding those roles. How do we get beyond that part? How do we get beyond that golden rule and help and help managers live a platinum role. Yeah, I love that you asked that question. So two suggestions. Number one is you can ask them. <laughs> In fact, on my website, on our Cool Stuff page, Greatness Magnified under Cool Stuff, I actually make a recognition checklist available. And I encourage leaders and even peers to go and ask people. So that way, to your point around, if somebody's shyer, more introverted, perhaps they want private praise, somebody else wants public, maybe people like gift cards or versus a team celebration. And that way you kind of have the intel in advance and people forget they fill it out. And so let's say, you know, Jason and I are working together and I give him, I send him the tea, I, I make him a tea and it's the exact way he likes it. He will be shocked that I made it for him, perhaps slightly more in line with his perfect you know, beverage, then maybe even his wife realized, maybe she doesn't even realize that actually he's changed his preference to this kind of herbal tea with a little bit of honey. So that's the thing is it doesn't take very much and you can ask people. The other thing that I would suggest is whatever people compliment and the method in which they use to compliment is your window to how they want to receive it back. So, you know, you had mentioned that you want to be acknowledged, Ira, for your specific contributions and you want it to be really specific. So I know if I just type you an email and I just say thanks at the bottom of it, it's probably not going to be enough. But if I, in that email, take the time to acknowledge specifically what, even if it's just one sentence, it's probably more likely to land. It's not going to feel like, oh, is this just part of somebody's email signature? And it's like the, instead of saying cheers or sincerely, but I have one more idea for you that I think is is it transcends the preferences and it fits with your mindset around this podcast about reinventing. Would you like to have my latest hack that I've discovered completely by accident that's so working right now? You're going to hear it here for the first time. 
Is, is that what we're releasing here? <laughs> you heard it here first, everybody. And that is embedded videos. And we may be thinking, well, that's not really that big a deal, but actually it is. Cause how, just like thank you cards are very rarely received now, you know, written mail and handwritten cards. So if we're going to send messages via email, why not use one of those many apps that can be embedded in your email system? I use something called send out cards, but there's Loom, there's Cloud HQ, which, you know, is a, an extension for Chrome. And then you just, you hit that button, you record. We all have webcams now. Goodness knows you can't not have a decent webcam anymore. And send a super quick message of appreciation and acknowledgement. I cannot tell you, first of all, people actually open my emails, which is wonderful. But more importantly, though, the feedback you get is, wow, thanks for taking the time. Guess what? It takes me less time to do a quick video than it does to type the email. And I have fewer spelling mistakes. So send an email with a video message. And that's a great way for those of you who are working in a virtual or hybrid environment to feel a sense of connection when normally you would have been able to say that acknowledgement face to face. This is now your next best version of face-to-face. -face. That's absolutely brilliant, Sarah. It is. I absolutely love it. And it's great for personal too, because I mean, who doesn't have like a free Zoom account at home too, if you don't want to use work to send messages, but to be able to send stuff to your kids too, or Facebook Messenger and things like that, there's so many free tools out there. And that kind of leads into my next question is, why do we still struggle so much as people with showing appreciation and recognition the right way? There's a few things I work context and so much of your listeners will be thinking about this through the lens of work, but I do want to acknowledge to your point around personal that there's a whole other conversation we could get into about that. When it comes to the professional context, people are afraid that they're going to seem fake or that it's favoritism. They've got stories in their head attached to recognition about the harmfulness of it. When in actual fact, the research shows that we are much more likely to get benefits and gains from it then potentially the negative unintended consequences. So that's the first thing is really check your assumptions about what could go wrong when recognition goes wrong, do, 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 insert theme, scary music here. So that's the first thing. The second thing is we overly emphasize the skills that are hard to get. You very kindly read my bio and emphasized how I've worked very hard in my career to to achieve things. The things I'm most proud of are the relationships that I've built, not the designations behind my name. And I'm sure both of you feel that same way. In fact, the intro of your podcast, Ira, you talk about, you know, how excited you were to work with Jason on this new venture when you launched this podcast. So think about the relationship currency that has been most fundamental in your career. And imagine having built it without ever acknowledging somebody's strengths and gifts and assets. And so remember that it is the relationship that is going to get so much, that's going to bring your career and your organization success so much farther. And therefore, the professional qualifications that we think are so much more important, really gauge that if, in fact, it's more the, the personal relationship skills. The third piece is that we compensate people. Like the paycheck is the reason why we work. And why do we do it for the money? And then why do we take the next career advance and bonuses and things like that? Compensation is so tied to the meaning of work. And we have to deconstruct that a little because so much, I'm sure, of the research that you use to prepare for this podcast and other delicious episodes that I've been tuning into is actually reevaluating what true meaningful compensation looks like for people. 
And when you peel back the layers, that is one of the reasons we have the great resignation and why recognition, it can steal the show in your great resignation turnover tsunami. I'm the geezer in the group. I'm the baby boomer. So I, I, I grew up at a time when we pay people well, why do I have to recognize them? And for years, we got away with that. And it was a different generation. And that was the expectation. And now, especially with the pandemic and 2 million baby boomers dropping out in two years of the workforce, and some of it was about time that a lot of the people just got out of the way, created for millennials and Gen Z, who get discredited and blamed beyond discredit is probably a kind word uh, that some people would say, uh, they get blamed for being high maintenance, for wanting to know, hey, I've been working here for three months. How am I doing? And I go, well, we'll let you know if you're doing a bad job. So. I mean, I don't know any other way to say it's a, it's this wake up call. And finally, people are starting to get it that it's beyond flexibility. I mean, why are people accepting 10, 20, $30,000 a year less to do a job for what? I mean, why would anybody in their right mind do that? And yet there's millions of people that are accepting. Not everybody. Some people are going after that next thirty or forty or fifty thousand uh, dollars. Some people are going after, "Hey, I want to work from a remote." But so many people are willing to say, "I've enough is enough. I want to enjoy what I do." And a complaint's a poorly worded request. And so you you cannot keep a particular generation. It's not about the generation. It's about what they need that's being unfulfilled. And so go and ask them. Nobody will tell you in an exit interview that they left because they were too appreciated. That is that is definitely a risk I would <laughs> I would be willing to take is to try to find that person that left. You know, get, like make it your mission. So really genuinely find out. And the great thing is that people when they don't have a lot to lose, as in they've only been there for a few months and they're already moving on, they will probably tell you what's going on. And if they're not going to tell you, they're going to put it on Glassdoor and one of the other many external facing uh, possibly negative representations of your organization. So you might as well, you know, find out from people while they're still in, in your organization. The other part is that people are having a hard time even attracting people to apply for those jobs. Or when they set up the interview, our processes are taking so long, we're not honoring and valuing their time. So they're not showing up for the interviewer, they're not completing the recruitment process because it's so cumbersome and uninviting. So organizations that I've been working with in COVID that have been really serious about truly fixing this, we back the train right up to the pre-phase, the attract phase. Because if you can communicate the value proposition of your organization, then it must be true. Because you can't lie to people who have nothing to gain if they belong to an organization or they joined an organization that they're not going to stay. Really, nobody wants to do that. They don't want to churn and burn their way out of a, a position. The only reason why they leave is because they feel like they aren't truly being valued and appreciated. And that may be in the form of making more money from somewhere else, or they feel you know that they're less instability in another workplace, or they're going back to school because they figure, well, there's no opportunities for advancement around here. So I might as well create that for myself. So look at your entire employee experience. Where are you experiencing the issues? Is it in the middle with engagement where you're losing your best people who are at about the 10-year mark? Perhaps it's right at the front end where you're not even getting the number of people that you once had. 
that you're once able to get. So, so look at that. Where is it? And look at Gallup's seven phases of the employee experience. I actually break down the engagement phase into two early pre 10 years, post 10 years, and then try to identify how do you recognize and value people at each phase of the employee experience? Because money is not going to engage people through all of it. In fact, the research in Canada is that if somebody's making at least $50,000 a year, in the US, it's about $65,000 a year, then things like a little bit more money, when I say a little bit, you know, cost of living increases or a small bonus or gift cards will not make a big difference to be able to keep them. But you know what will? Doing something meaningful, being able to have your discretionary effort directed perhaps to a charity one or two days a year or once a week or whatever that may be. So find what makes people passionate about their work, why they want to belong to your industry. And and then perhaps we need to get creative with them and say, so what would that look like? Like futurescape that with them in a year from now, what would it look like for you to be able to say, wow, this was such a great year here in this team, working in this organization that I've told everybody that I know they need to work here. In other words, you're creating an army of recruiters. What would that look like for you to be able to say that? And it may be very small things that people say, you know what, one day a year, I want to be able to go and donate my time to this particular charity. You know what I'd love to be able to do? I'd love to be able to to mentor a few students uh, out of the program that I graduated from. I bet you any money, they will tell you exactly what meaningful work looks like for them. And you probably could make it happen. But we have to ask first because the paycheck is dead. Paycheck is table stakes, my friends. Sarah, there's so much brilliance in there. The, the One of the things you really shared, that I think that helps reframe our perspectives that I want to emphasize again that you shared that I thought was brilliant is that a complaint is simply a poorly worded request. At its very essence, it is a request. It's a plea from someone communicating, I need help. Something's not jiving with me here. And reframing our perspective of instead of that person is just complaining, they're just griping and moaning, they're just a squeaky wheel. When we reframe it the way you just shared there, that it's simply a a poorly worded request, then that puts us in a posture of trying to respond in a positive way to solve whatever the obstacle or the challenge is for that person. Again, both based on what you you said, what we hear about is is feedback. I mean, and this has been a complaint for years. It's like, well, we do our review once a year, and that was tied to salary. And still, I still get requests is, do you have a program for like our annual review or you know, we put it off last year. I mean, just what, number one recommendation is get rid of the annual review. Just save your time, save your effort. It's just ineffective. But I love the fact that you went back to the beginning. For five years, because of my book, Recruiting in the Age of Googleization, we talked about recruiting. And the number one complaint from candidates is we don't get acknowledged, which is another way of saying I submitted my resume. I filled out your hour-long application. I even took the that test that I was supposed to take and never heard from anybody. And people say, well, we don't have time. That's recognition. That's an early state. Recognition is just that, oh, you exist. You matter. I value you. At its very basic level, recognition 
is the energy that exists when people feel, you know, seen, heard, and valued. In other words, that's Brene Brown's definition of connection. So if we don't connect, then we cannot recognize. And what's so beautiful about what you, you pointed out, we have to look at every phase of the employee experience and say, am I actually valuing? Am I actually seeing? Am I actually hearing people at each phase? I did some work with an organization that had this massive gap in their leaders. It was a really great organization, frontline service providers. They're doing very meaningful work. They had a great reputation. They could not get enough middle managers and they definitely couldn't pay as much as other competitors and not for profit. However, they had such huge heart and they had a great culture. So they were really confounded by this. And to your point, one of the things we learned was at the very beginning, there was no love in the recruitment process. There was no acknowledgement that they even got that the resume was submitted and received. They didn't know what was happening. The process took too long. And if somebody was on vacation, they forgot to answer the email. And so they'd lose great candidates. And eventually, you've got a candidate who's great, even if they're still looking for something. If it's been a month, they're going to they're going to move on mentally, not just even if they hadn't received another job. What I had them start doing, what I encouraged them to start doing, and they took me up on it, was use things like that video, embed the video acknowledgement, like, hey, thanks so much, Ira, for submitting the resumes. We're receiving a lot, but I wanted to just personally say I'm the one who's going to be reviewing them. Thank you so much. Have a great day. I hope you and your family are safe. How long did that take? Like 10 seconds, 15 seconds? Same with a thank you card. Anyone who would, I use send out cards. I don't know if you know of send out cards. It's a, it's an unlimited membership system for sending print cards to people that you can just quickly type and fill in a little message. I would have them use that system to send out a message to say thank you every single time that candidate had to do something. And then they, let's say they have to do that test. That takes them an hour. Send them a thank you card and say, thank you so much for taking the time to do the assessment. We've had a lot of applicants. We're so grateful though for spending the time. Thank you so much. Well, even if you didn't get the job, that would shock you. Would you not remember that you received a thank you card for filling out an assessment, even if you never got the job? Would you possibly have positive feelings about that organization rather than bitterness or apathy? So we could be doing all of these forms of recognition all the way along the journey. And we're not saying, we're not breaking the social contract with people of saying, if I acknowledge you, then you're going to expect to have the job. Because I think that that's what we thought would happen is if we acknowledge them, like they were a real human, then then we would get up false expectations and hopes that we were going to actually interview them. Well, we need to officially squash that worry because all we need to do is acknowledge them super quickly, super easily, whatever strategy works for you. And and even eliminate on the bottom of job postings. Thank you so much for your visit. Nobody hears the thank you so much. We will get back to you if, you know what? I'm sorry. That is not okay anymore. We need to take that right off. We need to make your job posting so scrumptious and delicious that people say, how could I not apply for this cool organization? Make your postings fun. At the bottom, say, you know how freaking honored we are that you even looked at this post? We are definitely going to look at your resume. Send it to here. We will confirm that we got it. Even if that confirmation is an email and, 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 or a little message, you could do a picture of yourself and input, input, input every time you get it or automate it even. We have CRMs, automate your recruitment acknowledgement, but make it friendlier, make it seem like a real human is looking at your response, right? Your acknowledgement. And hey, if you've got thousands of applicants, then 
still find a way, still challenge yourself, get down with a core team and say, okay, guys, we know we get a thousand uh, applications for every position that we have open, but we are making people feel like we do not care about them. Other than that one person, 999 people feel that we don't care about them. What can we do about that? I don't know the solution that your organization will figure out, but I bet you really smart people in the room who care about people will figure out a way better way than just letting it go into the cyberspace and nobody knowing if the system is maybe losing the best person in that 1000 applications. Sarah, I'm listening to you and it's like, I'm, I'm hearing my presentation showing up again. Uh, so I talk about change your cold and corporate messaging to warm and welcoming. And the message is, thank you for your application. We'll get back to you if you're qualified or if we have time or it may be a few weeks. And that's just a horrible, horrible message. And I say, how long, how hard is it? It takes you a minute of time, doesn't cost you a dime. And the impact is so much greater is that same message rather than thank you for your application is, hey, Sarah, really appreciate you applying. It's really important to us. We love when people like you apply for our job. Uh, it may be a few days until we get back to you, but please stay tight and thanks again. And then you can also do that in, in, a, in a video, as you said, a short video. If you're using LinkedIn and there's a place on the mobile apps that you can record, you just press record and you record a message. If you, if you don't like to be on screen, record an audio message. It just makes you stand out and it goes back to that acknowledgement and the recognition. It's crazy. I mean, people just don't do it. They go, we've, we've had other people uh, on the show and they talk about, you know, $18 billion was invested in HR tech. This is low tech stuff. Doesn't cost you anything. And just improve it, you know, rather than finding another solution. Oh, we're going to do it by text. Okay. So you're going to send out, thank you for your application on by text. And it feels like sometimes that taking the first step, like whoever that first person is in the organization, that's going to say, I'm going to be the recognition queen or the king and take that first step of trying to create a culture like that. Like that's a tough step. Sarah, I'm wondering in your experience and the work you've done is recognition contagious. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, to bridge our conversations, imagine if you felt recognized all the way along and it's your first day on the job and somebody met you at the door, like you already are looking for ways to appreciate and acknowledge other people. So, you know, absolutely. So let's say you haven't started there. Let's say you have not rebuilt that whole early front end of the employee experience, like Ira and I are, you know, championing hard. We're, we're rallying hard for that. If you recognize somebody today, not if, we're going to say when, because this conversation is so juicy, people are going to want to, you know, pause the recording, go recognize somebody, come back, listen to the rest. So when you recognize, know that the person being recognized, and I'm, you know, being Canadian, we're humble people. Like just, you know, reinforce it. Ignore, whoa, whoa, whoa. You need to really hear me when I say this. You are a superstar because you did this for me and it made this X difference, right? So really let it land. So now you benefit because it actually creates some positive chemicals in your brain, you know, the endorphins. And as soon as that person smiles at you or acknowledges the impact it made on them, that gets your oxytocin going. So goodness knows in our stressful world right now, we need some of those yummy chemicals going on and that person benefits. So now we have two people who've already benefited. So that starts the ripple. Anyone who witnesses this, who's CC'd on the email, the email gets forwarded, they see it happening in a team meeting, you choose to start your team meetings that way from now on, even if it's one minute rapid fire at the beginning and at the end, now you've got 
the vicarious benefit of recognition. And then they all get the positive chemicals reaction happening in their brain. And you role model it for people who perhaps haven't been the first ones to start recognizing and who are in the process of deconstructing some of their stories about why we have to be careful about recognizing too much or being insincere. And then somebody tells somebody that they felt appreciated and what worked well today or that they were, you know, acknowledged for this or, hey, kids, guess why I'm taking you out for dinner? I got a gift card from my boss all of a sudden because I worked all this overtime and they said on the card, Thanks for taking time away from your family. Take your family out for dinner. So I guess we're got to go out to eat, everybody. Make the connection about what if you are going to reward people through some kind of compensation mechanism about why it matters to them. Because you have kids and because you know you had to take time away from them. You can create your point or to your question, Jason, about the ripple effect. Everything you do feels good for you, feels good for the person receiving it, and feels good for anybody who finds out, who experiences, sees it, and finds out through gossip, the good kind, the resource gossiping kind. And that's what starts to really accelerate, where we have an army of recruiters behind us because everybody wants to work in a place where they feel appreciated, seen, heard, and valued. Incredible. And Sarah, we're here soon. We're going to uh, go to a lightning round so that our audience can get to know you a little bit better. And, and I was going to fire some questions at you. But before we do that, there's been so much incredible stuff that we've got to get to a reference to one of your books, Flip Side of Failing. And I want to ask this question before we get into the lightning round, because I'm a huge fan of the humanistic psychologist. Carl Rogers is one of my favorite. And he pioneered the concept of unconditional positive regard in terms of how we think therapeutically, we work with people, and just the kind of way we, we think about people in general, human beings. And in your book, The Flip Side of Failing, you've got a concept that you call unconditional recognition. Can you just dive in a little bit into that? Help us understand that before we get to our lightning round. Absolutely. So what initially started in this recognition movement was it was birthed out of one of those teams that was imploding. We asked them, how could we remember all the work that we've done for two years on recognition? It was a healthcare group. So of course we had to come up with an acronym because healthcare loves an acronym. You know, we love a good acronym. And they said, frog, forever recognize others' greatness. And so um, I, it was so sticky. I loved it. It was great. You know, we'd all, from a professional context, we would always work to be able to build frog in. But here's the thing that always was the challenge, the stickling point. We could recognize as long as things were going well. But then as soon as things didn't go so well, it was really challenging. This is when we would revert back to incivility or apathy, or we'd say that didn't work. So part of the flip side of failing and unconditional recognition is you need to unconditionally recognize yourself before you're able to see somebody as worthy of acknowledgement, even when there's unexpected, and frankly, it's also completely expected, that there will be obstacles, challenges, setbacks, and roadblocks. And what's really fascinating about this is that book was birthed because that, by the way, even though it was a totally legitimate life experience and professional experience, I still don't want to write that book. That book was after two failed attempts to write a book on the G part of Frog, Forever Recognize Others' Greatness. I went out and I interviewed amazing, great people, Olympians and Everest climbers and 3M scholars and all kinds of people have gone on to resurrect their life out of huge adversity. And the one thing that every single person in those interviews shared about what 
greatness was and why they were able to achieve what they achieved despite so much so many incredible odds was because they failed. It was how they handled failure. How you handle failure is how you handle everything. So they had to have unconditional positive regard at some point and frankly, multiple points in the journey to be able to persevere. Right now, as we're having this conversation, it is, it's the Olympics. Think about how many people on the podium, how much they had to give up and struggle and work against their body's natural abilities to get, even get there, let alone to get on the podium. The fourth place is the worst place people feel. You know, when they, you listen to the journalist, how critical they are. You must be really disappointed you're a hopeful. You know what? Back off, dude, because you would just wish that you had the kind of exercise abilities that this person has. Who are you to tell them? So we have this lens of if you're not at the top, what are you? But that's really what we need to remember is recognition. Everything we've talked about when it comes to work, your first piece of work is to recognize yourself, because if you can't recognize yourself, it's going to be an uphill battle to consistently recognize other people's. And it starts with when things aren't going well. That's perfect, Sarah. And, and you just took us full circle to where now we understand why you're called the frog lady is because it's your framework forever recognize others' greatness. Sarah, we could spend a great deal of more time. And before we get there, we're going to go to our new favorite part of the show when we talk about what don't we know. Part of that is learning a little bit more about you. So we've already figured out what your, you shared some of it. We know what your nickname is. What was your childhood nickname? Did you grow up as Frog? No, I did not grow up as Frog. That was discovered in my 30s. I was Daddy Long Legs. And that's because in our house, there'd be these spiders, with this tiny little body and really long legs. And I'm very tall, always have been. And so my dad, I get my, tall, my height from him. He would call me Daddy Long Legs. My favorite question. What's your word of the year? One word to describe the year. Calm. Well, last, last year was calm. And this year actually is grounded. Yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll all get grounded soon. What's the best advice you ever got, but you ignored? To not be so perfectionistic. Just to flip side of failing, how ironic the recovering perfectionist wrote the flip side of failing. My husband still says to me, don't sweat the small stuff. And then I say it in my head, and it's all small stuff. It, it, that's interesting because we I spend a lot of time uh, focused on adaptability, getting people to change. And, and now we're working on a growth mindset. So it, it sounds like you had a similar journey of going from fixed mindset to growth mindset. And we'll get into that maybe another time. <laughs> we'll, we'll go there. What's something you had to learn that you weren't very good at? My first thought is to say Excel, but then again, that would assume that I have gotten good at it. So we'll just skip over that one. I've had to get very good at delegating because that's a way that I can respect and value other people. Interesting. Fits into the conversation pretty well. We are going to have you back and hopefully it's not a year, but if we have you back and, and it's uh, again, early part of 2023, that sounds strange, doesn't it? Early part of 2023. What are we going to be talking about? We'll be talking about the success that so many companies who were having a crisis of recognition and that they didn't know what to do and they knew that they had the problem, that they will be on a journey that is so delicious that they cannot wait to tell everybody else in their industry about it and invite them to be part of their own version of a frog movement, whether it's frog or something else. And then I'll be sharing that with a personal chaser 
I'll, I'll see that and I will raise you also that my family have continued to do well and stay grounded and to be able to see their own greatness despite all of the chaos that is their life as teenagers growing up in the midst of COVID and that they feel like this has been part of their resiliency mapping for the rest of their life. Ambitious goals. So what are you going to do for the next, what the, the other six months after you get all that accomplished, right? <laughs> I'll probably be done by next week. I'll put it on my Trello board, check it, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. we, we're going to bring you back to have a checkup on that. We want to see what your progress is. We're going to hold you accountable and we're going to recognize you for all your accomplishments uh, through that time or the effort that you've put into it. Before we go, Sarah, how can people get a hold of you? Where can they buy your book? How can they reach out to you? Where can they learn more about you? Well, my books are all probably easiest place to go is Goodreads, because then you can find the place where you uh, prefer to purchase your books. And come and hang out with me on greatnessmagnified.com. There's all kinds of resources under cool stuff. I release a, a blog every single week, which is all about what is relevant right now related to the employee experience and uh, our recognition movement that we're all committed to. So come on over and hang out with me in the greatness magnified space. And we'll make sure we get all those in the show notes so everybody can just click and head on over. Sounds great. Got to thank you again, Sarah. Appreciate it. Thanks for being here. It's great to meet you. I'm Jason Cochran. You've been listening to Geek Skeezers Googleization. Be sure to follow us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And I'm Ira Wolf. Thank you for being part of Googleization Nation. Until next time, don't let the shift hit your plans. <laughs>